from the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to the Superiority Complex, everybody. Your new favorite podcast. We're back at St. Patrick's Day in honor of our man Patrick and John Sandy, who is Irish. Uh, we're de- we're dedicating today's shows to those two guys. Patrick, you're Irish as well. You have a uh, an MC at the beginning of your last name, so you must be Irish. Yeah, it comes comes with the territory, I guess. How did you guys feel? <laughs> Irish, right? How did you hmm. feel today? What do you guys? What did you guys? What stereotypical? Uh, behavior did you guys engage in today? Um, I got a lot of people wishing me happy me day. <coughs> nice. nice. <laughs> yeah, Damn that it. Was, that was, that was nice. One. And mm-hmm. uh, several people were thanking me for the pot of gold they got in their accounts today. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one made me laugh. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Oh. Hey, you know, Bi- uh, Biden's Irish. <laughs> there you go. He's handing he out, he's, he's yeah. out money. And, Left and right. He's like a big leprechaun. Asked me how early I had to get up to make it into everybody's account to deliver all those pots of gold. Well, you, you're, you're la- mine is still lacking, so please make sure you get on that. Hey, you're not the only one. Yeah, uh, I don't know what it is. I didn't get any of the other ones from last year either, so uh, it's okay. I think I can apply for a tax credit, I think is how it works. I went on the IRS.gov and I, I investigated <laughs> it. But uh, I think it might be the address change. I think it might be since we moved. I don't get. They need to know. Did you get your? Um, do you get direct deposit on your tax refund? I don't. Yeah, it's okay. how it, so if you get a check, it's how it goes. I so. don't. Yeah, so that's probably what it is. Uh, well, how have you guys been? Everybody's good. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. We have uh, two movies in the Digital Movie Club that are really. Uh, they're really going to, it's fitting that we're doing really them on St. Patrick's Day. Well, it, not Seven Samurai so much, but Creature from the Black Lagoon, obviously, since he is green. Uh, is he? I think so, John. What's the official coloring on the uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon? gray. Well, it's in black and white, so he looks gray. But yeah, they said the suit was actually kind of like a light green. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that works, right? He's wearing green. That was a that sure. was a conversation, Keller. Sure yeah, yeah. That's sure he's wearing green. Yeah, that's that, that that's real. Uh, he has that look. Uh, he always has that look that uh, I assume just uh, like Tucker Carlson gets when he finds out that you know something else racist is being pulled from pop culture. That creature from the Black Lagoon look is probably how Tucker Carlson looks like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're changing the Aunt Jemima logo, and then you know, boom. <laughs> That. And then the music the music goes pa 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 When we were watching that I kept thinking of when they did Revenge of the Creature on Mystery Science Theater and they would go, Here I am, I'm the creature <laughs> every time. Uh they actually reused that in a Godzilla movie. Uh, I think it's King Kong they? versus Godzilla. I think they, they reused that that little musical stinger in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So well, happy, I said it again, happy St. Patrick's Day. Uh, I think it's a little more, you know, usually we'd have a bigger celebration out here, but now that we're just trying to recover from the, we're in the opening steps of recovering from the pandemic, and I think it's still a little muted this year. So, you know, please be safe and don't go crazy. Uh, it's celebrate at home. Drink some, pop some beer and pour some uh, food coloring in it, and then just get hammered at home. Watch some movies. 
Choice. Do a drinking game. Do a drinking game with the creature, and every time the music goes, bum bum bum, take a drink. Oh take, a, take a shot. You'd be hammered. <laughs> you'd be hammered by five minutes in. Yeah, yeah, you'd be hammered like two seconds in. Uh, I watch have... any Jimmy Stewart movie, and every time he stutters, take a shot. Oh man! <laughs> wow. Don't you know me? Don't you know me, Mary? Uh, I, was, I was. What's amazing is you guys saw two amazing Jimmy Stewart performances, and it still goes back to "It's a Wonderful Life." That that just tells you where that movie is in pop. That's culture. how iconic. That's how iconic that is. Is that you think of him as that James Stewart, and not the one, you know, not, not the, the creepy one or not yeah, the obsessed not, one. Not the one where he's about to break Robert Ryan's arm, you know, or yeah. something, or shoot him in the belly. Uh, but yeah, good stuff, man. Uh, Patrick, that's the second week in a row that you've worn that hat, and I've asked you not to. Uh, so you can ask all you want, and it'll always be the same. What is what? I don't understand why we just can't be polite. Why can't we be courteous about it? You know, most people can just you know ignore it and not have a no, problem. No, that offends me. How can I ignore something that offends me so deeply on a molecular level? Yeah. How do you live with on this, a molec- Justine? A molecular level. <laughs> Justine, how do you deal with this all the time? How do you eat? How do you sleep? Uh, what? I don't understand. Why do you allow it? Why do you allow that in the house? I mean, we all. So it's specifically for you. We all know who when- runs this show. I don't understand why you allow that even in the house. <laughs> I think what she's trying to tell you is the only time he puts it on is when we do the show. <laughs> it's for you. It, but if you made that, what I'm te- but, but what I'm telling you is if you made that disappear somehow, as you mm. you have the power to do that, and I don't understand why it hasn't happened yet. You of all people, I feel like there's a, you of I, all people should understand. I feel like there's a knife in my back. You mean you people? Uh, Jake, is that a what's that back there? Is that a cat toy back there behind you? I can't. Which 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 thing? Uh, it's a humidifier. Your, this no, 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 thing? on your other this shoulder. Thing? Yeah, yeah. The minion. Thing. Yeah, yeah. That's a minion. Oh, it is. That's a minion. Yeah, My Sandy screen. likes. Oh, the, yeah. He's, he's, Sandy likes to use that as a sleeping pillow. He fell over. He fell. Okay, I couldn't see what it was. Okay. Well, for those of you uh, not on yeah, camera, yeah. Uh, Jake's got some toys behind him. One looks like a. <laughs> 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 that was a Dwight Fry laugh. <laughs> one, one looks, yeah, that one looks like a humidifier, and that one looks like a minion. But mm-hmm. you know, I can't see if he toppled over. The poor minion, he's off his, he's off balance. Uh, I keep glancing over. I'm waiting for a very important phone call, which may come in during the show. It might not, but if it does, oh really? Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, well, don't worry, we're good. It's <clears throat> nothing that's going to interrupt the flow of this already brilliant show. Hey, we have to do a shout out, guys, to Izzy, Stephen Izzy, uh, of uh, everything I learned from movies. Izzy, Untidy Venus at Untidy Venus, and she has an untidy uh, a shop on Etsy where you can just go. It's uh, it's Untidy Venus at, at it's Untidy Untidy uh, Venus Etsy dot com. I can't say that. Wow. Untidy Venus. Mm-hmm. Um, she sent us some beautiful artwork, and uh, she sent us some pins commemorating uh, Justine's uh, uh, review of Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> so she sent us some pins and magnets, and they say, 
uh, all the mops. So I have, I'll get them to you guys. They are fantastic. I'll take a picture of everything she sent us and I'll throw it up on our, uh, our Twitter feed. But thanks, Izzy. Great stuff. So please support now that's her. hilarious. That is hilarious. Oh, God. Let's see. Jake that is just, funny. Why does he look like a nurse? Where the fuck did you get that? He, just, he printed it out like right now. I'm not oh, even. That's, a, oh, God, that's hilarious. So I'm not even going to acknowledge it. What? Uh, so he looks he, like Nurse Ratchet. Right, doesn't he look like a nurse? He looks like a nurse. He does. I, I want to watch the damn world series. Sandy walks in right now. I want to. I want to know her reaction. Nurse Francisco, that's me. I take all the bad things I said back about you. <laughs> that's a lot. That's hilarious. That's a lot. It's a lot to take back. No. I, hope, I hope you can handle it. Um, I don't this, see. This doesn't bother me because it's petty. And <laughs> <laughs> it almost looks like a nun's uh, miter. You know the. Uh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. He's the a flying, flying nun. He's definitely yeah. well. He's definitely going to get none wearing that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Unless Sandy's a Giants fan. Ugh. Don't John, don't don't speak it into existence. <laughs> Is Sandy a Dodgers fan or a uh, Angels fan? She's not a sports fan. She's not a sports fan. Ah, you're lucky then. Yeah. Pokemon is the only sport that she's interested in. Maybe some animal crossing. Pro, pro Pokemon. I need to get a yep. uh, guys. I need to get a, a microphone uh, clip. This is ridiculous. I have to handhold a mic for four hours. Or Told however, you. However long this show is, I was on Amazon too the other day, and I was like, "What am I? I need to pick something up." But we're gonna be back in the studio in days, so it doesn't matter. I, by the way, uh, I went by the shop today to pick up the the package that uh, that Untidy Venus, Untidy Venus sent us at Untidy Untidy Venus. Say and one more time, Untidy Venus. Untidy Venus. Uh, by the way, uh, they are at E I L F M uh, or E I L F movies on Twitter. I'll send out the link. Don't worry. I'm God, sure I'm, Steve is loving all the free publicity. God, I'm bad at th- yeah, right. God, that was it. Was fun having him on. I love all the shameless self promo. Um, but uh, check check them out anyway. I don't remember what I was. Was uh, Renee? Was Renee there? That's what I was saying. Renee says hello. Uh, I told him that we're all big fans of his podcast, so I hope you're listening to Keeping Up with the Nerds. Uh, yeah, they're, they're ready for us to come back whenever we are ready. So, you know, as soon as we all get vaccinated and feel safe going out, uh, we will be back. But, John, you're a little under the weather today uh, in what could be possibly side effects from uh, from your injection a few days ago. But you got it. You say three I get, days. I'm, I got the Pfizer vaccine like Saturday. No effects for three days, and then last night, fever, chills, body aches. I don't know what the hell mm-hmm. is going on. So maybe it's side effects, delayed reaction. I don't know. How do you feel now? Uh, better. That's why I'm I'm here. <laughs> last night I was thinking I don't think I can do the show. Then this morning the fever broke, and I'm like, yeah, I could do it. Yeah, you look good. I mean, Christ, uh, Patrick did it when he was on his deathbed. I thought I can't. You know, Patrick had all the symptoms, and he he still did the show. It's it was amazing. Patrick and does now, it. With guys, that, that's the standard. Patrick does it with that stupid hat on, and he. I mean, he's still you know he's still able to do it. You think that would be drawing energy from his brain, but uh, nope. it doesn't. No, nope. somehow. God, I want. He's all, yes, he's all. Yes, let your hate flow. <laughs> How completely mine you are. <laughs> 
Uh, I need to take a picture of this so when when uh, when Patrick and Jake are wondering why they're not on the show anymore, they will. I can just send them that picture. Yeah, yeah hold on. Let me let me get let me make it so this looks good. Okay. Okay. Go so ahead. Justine, if I fire if I fire Patrick, do you quit in solidarity, or do you do you stay on to spite him? What's the deal? You gotta replace him with Tom Holland. Okay. Jesus. Wow. Here's what I'll do to here's what I'll do to sweeten the deal. If I do get rid of Patrick, we won't have to watch any more James Bond movies. So I'm gonna keep that. <laughs> and now everything's uh, different. Well, let's see you, Patrick. <laughs> Bye, Are they everybody. Do they get better now though? Oh, they do. Uh, they- pretty quick. Yeah. In, a, in about four movies, they get really we good. We don't yeah. have to deal with that for a while, actually, because they, they went on a long break, so we won't... We're, is it, it's so, not until the 90s. Yeah, like in, in late, late 90s, 90s right? Late, yeah, yeah, late 90s. Isn't like a, there's an eight-year there's an eight year hiatus between... Uh, between... Um, uh, yeah, before Goldeneye, I guess, right? Yep, yep, yep. Get excited. For that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> What I keep hearing is Justine going, you don't even like those with Pierce Brosnan's and you're still going to make us watch them. <laughs> we got, uh, we got some good stuff coming up. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're the that. master of changing the subject. You are the master. <laughs> well, I gotta, like, yeah. How about that? John, you gotta be able to jump from topic to topic when you're, yeah, yeah. when you're the, when you're the host of a low rated podcast, you gotta be able to just yes. keep up with the times. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah. I'm glad you're feeling better, Johnny. It's weirdly there's a. I feel like these are side effects, and I feel like you, that's probably nothing to worry about because you're already getting over it. Yeah. Again. But it is weird that there was yeah. three days. But it's a couple of days. You know, you never know. Everybody's body is different, so your body could have been fighting it for the two days, and then needed to yeah. kick it up a notch. You know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Science, we'll man. See. Science. Science, giants, giants. You'll let us know if you get into any uh, any kind of spider sense or anything like that, and all of a sudden you have super strength, superpowers. Or... Mm-hmm. If suddenly I can enter the fourth dimension and start battling sorcerers, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. Okay, please tell us so I can go get that same vaccine. Barring, <laughs> yeah, please tell me right as soon as you find out. Barring invisibility and barring flight. What superpower would you want, John? No, you can't have super. You can't have invisibility, and you can't have flight. Take those off the table. What do you get? What's your superpower? I already know the answer to this question. Uh, uh time travel. Oh, is there a character who can travel That's through time? Dangerous. W- yeah, without Doctor the- Strange. Doctor Strange. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that considered time? Well, I guess so. Yeah. Okay. All right. He what, can do anything. What about you? <laughs> But he's not as powerful as the as the Scarlet Witch we found out last week. Hey, oh, is that right? How did you find yeah, that out? She's, it was on the show. She's insanely powerful as it is, anyways. Yeah. They, how is it she's more powerful than him? How, why is that? Because the, that's what they said. You are even more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. She was hmm. more powerful than the comic books, though. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. She could beat Thanos blindfolded with her hands tied behind her back. Uh, mm. Patrick, what power do you take? Instantaneous teleportation. Yeah, that's what I would take. Oh, so wow. I, could, I could poop at mm-hmm. home, no matter where yep. we are. Yep. Yeah. No matter yeah, where freaking, I am. Uh, I mean, I would even be okay with like nightport, nightcrawler teleportation, where it's not like super far. But yeah, definitely. But then yeah. you just teleport a lot, and then yeah. you're still good. Oh, just imagine you're on the road. Like, just imagine how that would help you. 
You, yeah, fucking I don't have to sit in traffic anymore. No. I love that in this scenario, though, I, I have I have teleportation, but I still go to a regular job. Because I think yeah. I'd be like, I could sleep until like a minute before I have to go to work. And then just boing, you know, just I take a shower that, you know, and then, oh, that, that would help. Yep. And then it's somebody, the, it's that's the powers funny. of a homebody. <laughs> and then a year later, somebody's all, I don't understand why you don't just quit the job now that you have those powers. <laughs> I could like, teleport. Well, I gotta pay. I gotta pay rent. How are you expect me to pay rent? I could teleport into a bank vault and take the money out, and they'll never see me. But nope, I'm gonna go to this job. I'm gonna go to this job that I that I have, and just nine to five it every day. What about you, Justine? Mm-hmm. Strength. X-ray vision. No. Oh, yeah. I guess you could do that. So you sure? Wouldn't that be kind of boring after a while? X-ray vision, like. I can see it, but can I get it? No. I would hate you at game night. I would. It would really suck for you to play against you at game night. <laughs> yeah. Take all the fun out of it. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Maybe strength. Strength. Who's? Yes, yeah, so I can. When Patrick makes me mad, I can hit him harder. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Beautiful. How do you like that? I like it. Jake, what would you hit you harder? Yeah. That's her wish to hit you harder. Jeez. <laughs> she she could have the strength of giants. If you guys uh, listening, <laughs> take names and kick butt. If you guys listening next week, wonder are wondering, one person had to be fired. The other person really chose that path. So just think about that next week. Like one person could, but but you know he he chose his destiny. So you know. Just remember that. I mean, uh, to be fair, it's not often you get to choose your own death in life. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's the way to go. Yeah, I mean, it's true. What are you going to do? It's okay. It's nothing uh, more noble. Yeah, there is nothing more noble. Then, you know, it's like protecting a, a bunch of samurai for a couple bowls of rice. You know what I mean? That's pretty noble. I do it for a bowl of rice. Yeah. Uh, guys, have, uh, what was it? we have no WandaVision to, to speak of, but, you know, they're hyping this Paramount Plus and Amazon right now. I don't know if you guys know. But you can get Paramount Plus for a whole month for a free trial via Amazon. A whole month. So what I've been doing is I've been I've been uh, I, I tried that new Star Trek Discovery that I kept hearing about from our friends over at Besotted Geek, and it's not bad. I'm halfway through the first season. I'm actually kind of digging it. I'm actually, it's actually pretty cool. Very different uh, different take on the Star Trek. Uh, well, it's different and it's not. We we still have to somehow. We always have to relate it back to Spock somehow. And uh, this this one is no different, but it takes place in that era just before uh, Captain Kirk, like Captain Pike, like that era. But it's kind of interesting. So this is this is after the one with uh, oh, who was the Quantum Leap guy? Um, Scott Bakula. Yeah. So this takes place after that, but before Kirk, like right before, like 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 you know, <laughs> Kirk's mm. probably in the Academy when all this is going on. So. Are there things uh, – somebody told me there are things they can't do. There's been like a separation of what you can do with Star Trek between Paramount and CBS or something. There's things that you can't – there's characters you can't talk about or something. I don't Have know. Have you heard about that? I don't know anything about that. Yeah. I don't know. didn't sound right to me. Uh, I will tell you that they do um, – they've kind of gone off on their own little path. Uh, and uh, But I can't tell if this is a supposed to be – take place in the universe where um you know because now it's it's canon that there's a split 
that there's there's an alternate timeline because of the movies of the reboots. So I can't the tell the, I can't tell if this takes place after that or be, in that universe or no, it would have to be before, so it doesn't matter. I'll is that up. called the Kelvin timeline or something? I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think. But so. this is before that, so yeah, it's before yeah. that, so it doesn't make any difference. But I'll tell you that the ship looks very much like uh, the uh, has that Apple Eye Store look of, uh, of <laughs> which is what you hate. You of, really hate that of the yeah. new. Uh, and I don't yeah. mind it so much. I thought that was a cool design for the for the reboots. I thought it was okay. Mm. Yeah. But it's mm. worth checking out. Get the get your free month. You can watch Picard if you want to. I don't want to, but you can watch it if you if you want to. Yeah. No. Is there anything else good on there? That's all. Oh, if you're a fan of alphabet shows, this is your if you're a fan of any of the NCICS any of those, it, they're all there. And NCIS um. and the oh yeah, all those. All the Channel 2 shows. That you that you eh, love that you, that you love to nap through is um is anybody watching the Muppet Show uh, on Disney Plus? Yes. Right on. I forgot that that was the Stetler. show. That was the show that gave Rita Moreno her egot. I I forgot. Oh that. yeah, is that right? She won, <laughs> she got an Emmy for she was in yeah. the first episode of the Muppet ah, Show nice. and she got the Emmy for that. She she's now an egot. She's got the, yeah 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 yeah. She's one of the few. I forgot who else. It's only like four or five people that have the e guy. Doesn't Whoopi have it? Does she? I thought she did. Do you if, want me to look it up? If someone Can has someone, uh, Barbara Streisand's got him. Uh, oh, you know who's an e got? Mel Brooks is an e got. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oscar. He's got an Oscar, an Emmy, a Grammy, a Tony. He's got yeah. He's got everything you need you to get the uh, the e got. Yeah, hit it. Richard Rogers, Helen Hayes, uh-huh. Rita Moreno, uh-huh. John Gilgood. John Gilgood, yep. Sir John Gilgood, yep. John Gilgood. <laughs> Marvin Hamlish. Uh-huh. Wait, what is this? Is that EGOT? I'm confused. Just put EGOT winners. Why does it have competitive and non-competitive? What does that mean? Oh, because sometimes you get like an honorary Oscar. So that would, I don't know if they count that. It should count. Like uh, Peter O'Toole gets an honorary Oscar. It's not like a competitive Oscar for the movie he was in. It was like a Lifetime Achievement Award or something. Yes. it's So So Audrey Hepburn has one. Wow. She got a Tony? Huh. Mm. Well, I wonder could, what that would have been. She could have done a play. Yeah, you can get him John Gilgood, Audrey Hepburn, Marvin Hamlish, Jonathan Tunick, Mel Brooks. There you go, my boy. Uh, Mike my boy. Nichols. Mike Nichols. Wow. Yeah. Whoopi Joey Goldberg. Nichols. Uh, suck it. And Scott Rudin. I didn't doubt you. I just, mm. I just. Why did you say uh, suck it? <laughs> Robert that, Lopez. That was aggressive. I don't understand where that came from. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm not the one wearing Robert a, I'm not the one wearing a of a giant's hat. I don't understand where that hostility came from. Uh let's see. Robert Lopez, Andrew Lloyd Webber, mm-hmm. John Legend, and Tim Rice. John Legend, guys. John Legend has wow. what he got. 
That's he's, he's probably the youngest of yeah. the gods, huh? He's like twenty five. How old is John Legend? He's like twenty five, right? He's <sighs> literally a legend. Literally a legend. So many questions, huh? Well, you know, Patrick and and uh, Jake are both looking at screens, so I don't understand why. That's Justine. She's <laughs> on her computer. <laughs> Forty two. Wow, he's young. That is young. Too too young. Too young to have won an EGOT? I don't think it's too young. Mm. I think it's impressive. What do you think of that, John Legend? Guys, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it's going to be time for the Digital Movie Club. Are you guys pumped? Yeah, I'm excited. Because we gotta get we gotta get some people awake in here. We gotta get some we gotta get some Coke Zero or some coffee into some people. Because I'm looking I'm looking at some heavy, nope. heavy eyelids over here. But don't worry. Well, I'm in bed. No, in John. Bed. Let me tell you, John. You are bringing the energy. You are always. I can't believe you're sick, my man. You are. I'm gonna get a uh, a bottle of Irish whiskey, and I'm gonna take a shot. Every time we mention, are you gonna you gonna go Bushmills or you gonna go uh, Jameson? You gonna go Catholic or Protestant? What are you gonna do? <laughs> That's better, funny. Yeah, you better answer. Yeah. You better have the right answer. Healing. Uh, mhm, mhm. Okay, guys, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be back after Good these night. messages. We're back, everybody. What a great break. Had a nice little phone call. We talked about the EGOTs. So uh, for those of you who are uh, I, I for those of you who are following the story, uh, I had mentioned that I was in a clinical trial for a new vaccine. And uh, it, it turns out just because of the way everything's accelerated, um, the the I have I have an opportunity to get a vaccine. So I had to be unblinded and drop out of the study, and I just found out that I had been given the placebo. So that's where we are on that. So I will be going to get my vaccine. I have a, an appointment scheduled Friday, and and uh, God willing, everything will go well, and I'll get I'll be uh, my first dose up Friday. Uh, let's uh, knock on wood just to, to add to that. But yeah, that's what the phone call I was waiting for. So um, would have loved to stay in the trial, but when I jumped in that thing, uh, we we it seemed like we were so far off from everybody getting a vaccine or a vaccine being widely available. And then in a matter of like two weeks, all of a sudden I think the Johnson and Johnson was a game changer. Cause that opened up a lot of, uh, that opened up a lot of uh, a whole new, a whole new uh, vaccine. So uh, everything just kind of accelerated in the time that I was participating in the study. So unfortunately I won't be able to see it through till the end, but I need to protect myself, you know? So uh, but uh, yeah, get out there and get vaccinated, people. Don't uh, don't listen to all these. Don't don't worry about it. It's safe. Go get it. Go get the jab, and then we can get back to normal. Uh, you know, because uh, the way things are going right now, man, it's I'm getting a real George W. Bush mission accomplished feeling. The way everybody's just walking around like we're we're out of the we're out of the woods, but we're not. So uh, bless you, John. Am I keeping you awake? <laughs> Maybe I should just turn the picture off. It's bad enough I got I got these three kids on screens over here. I got these three I got these three millennials over here. Just maybe play. I should turn the picture off. <laughs> I I busted Justine uh, and now she's staring at the screen like staring at the camera like I have to impress her. 
have to do something to impress you. I don't have to do anything to impress you. You're here to participate. What I, I listen. What I thought would be great. Uh, I thought it'd be great if you came back from that phone call, and uh, Jake had painted a giant mural behind him. <laughs> and you're like, what the? How'd you do that in like two minutes? Yeah, you could do that. You could do the the. He could have done like a little graph of all of their championships since moving out from New York, and it would just been a flat line. For most of it, so that would have been nice. Um, John, you're feeling okay though. You can continue. Uh, yeah, go, 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 go. It's well, it's digital movie time, and I want you up and fresh because we're going to talk about Creature from the Black Lagoon first. I'm going to make. Ba, ba, ba. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna. I feel like we're gonna have a the re, part of the reason I took a break is I feel like we're gonna be able to talk about Seven Samurai for at least two hours. So, <laughs> We're gonna have to send out for pizza. I'll tell you. I feel like yeah, yeah, but I feel like but but you know what year is uh give us a breakdown if you would please, uh, Patrick on creature from the Black Lagoon. Okay, so creature from the Black Lagoon has a whopping where was it seven out of ten on IMDb, a seventy eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes released in. Oh, geez. It's being grumpy. It's all backwards. 1954, uh, directed by one Jack Arnold, written by Harry Essex and Arthur A. Ross. Wow. All right. John, walk us through Creature from the Black Lagoon. Where does this rank in your... Now, the creature is now part of the classic Universal Monsters, even though it came out about, what, about nine, ten years after the uh, the last, the final of the original... Uh, uh, yeah, series about ten years. I, right? I, yeah, I think the last thing was that Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. That was like forty-eight, and this is fifty-four. So really, nothing going on. And uh, I guess now it's considered part of the Universal Classic Monster Universe. I, I guess the last monster that was good enough to have a a series of sequels. You know, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. last one that people remember. He's in all the merchandise and all the posters. He's always. Right up there with uh, posing next to Frankenstein and the Wolfman and all those guys. Yeah. Well, he was around. He was just living in the Amazon, so he couldn't get, couldn't make his way over to Transylvania or any of the unnamed European countries in the other in the other uh, movies. So I feel like he's around. You can tell it's a different vibe. It's a different vibe because by this time Universal's doing like uh, monsters from outer space and aliens and flying saucers and giant bug movies tarantula you know them so they're kind of going with a different vibe they're done doing all the gothic stuff you know castles and uh crypts and graveyards this is now kind of like a different kind of monster mm-hmm. and where does he rank in your because we know frankenstein's number one he frankenstein's your number one guy <laughs> you are my number one guy <laughs> who, who comes in at number two who comes in below uh frankenstein's monster because you know frankenstein was the doctor john but uh hey. <laughs> I know. When you go, what's your favorite monster? Frankenstein. He's not a monster. He's a doctor. <laughs> it's like, all right. Hey, by the way, the I worked, creation. I worked the creation in, of Frankenstein. I worked in a Dr. John reference there. I don't know if you caught that. Uh, <laughs> Dr. John. <laughs> Dr. John the Night Tripper is my favorite the monster. Night Tripper. And um, where, did, where do we fall on, uh, where, do you, where, does this, where does he rank? Oh, you know, uh, the first one's great. You know, the two sequels are kind of sketchy, but I think this is uh, pretty damn good. 
You know, it's tough that we're watching it next to the Seven Samurai. It's not going to look like an A picture. I thought this is a bad week to be running Creature from the Black Lagoon because you watch this and then you watch Seven Samurai. You're like, well, was this an A picture or was what was this? You know, it's the same year but, too. Uh, so you know, if you think about yeah. it that way, same year. But uh, no, but you I, know what? This, it was a hit. It was a big hit, and it ran in. It was in 3D. They were trying to uh, promote 3D when this movie came out. It was shot in 3D. And uh, it was a big, big hit. This made a lot of money. And that's why they cranked out the sequels. Well, who wouldn't want to see the lovely 1950s Jennifer Connelly in Three Dimensions? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that was basically the 1950s Jennifer Connelly there in the well, movie. Yeah, Julie Adams. Pretty pretty attractive. Yeah, she was. Uh, I don't know why she was going out with a guy two times her age in the in the short Richard shirt, Carlson in the, in the shortest of shorts but uh I guess he, yeah. he was the pick of a bad lot on that boat because there was not a lot to choose from uh lady wise <laughs> whoa what, what happened is, is everybody okay the eagle has landed I don't know what that was yeah the eagle has landed we're good uh Justine's getting comfortable she's gonna now lay down on a pillow is that a my pillow Justine What's on my pillow? Oh, good, good, good answer. answer. Good, good answer. answer. <laughs> He's very, going to jail. Very good. <laughs> the guy that invented the my pillow is going to jail. <laughs> uh, so, so Johnny, number one is is uh, if Frankenstein with number two, the bride. Uh, you know, I'm a you know me, I'm a big Invisible Man fan, so probably my second see Invisible Man, <laughs> and then third, and then everybody else. Everybody else kind of like falls in after that, you know, the mummy, the wolf man, the bride, all those guys. Who's the bottom of the you know, list? They're all, Who's the bottom of the list? The bottom of the list? Oh, I don't know. Um, the creature. I don't know. They, it's like it's like a three. It's it's like a four way tie for the third. So okay. I, nobody's at the bottom. All right. I'll tell you what it is. It's probably Dracula. I, the Dracula movies uh, on the whole kind of bore me. So uh, you know. Once in a while, you get a good one, but the, yeah, I wouldn't put him at the top for me anyway. Where do you put the original Dracula? Well, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty tough going. It's it's so slow. It's like a filmed play. Lugosi's great, and the sets are really cool. But after the first like ten fifteen minutes, it gets pretty sloggy because um, nothing's really happening. It's like a filmed play. There's a lot of people sitting in rooms talking about things that are happening, and not a lot of action. That's why the Christopher Lee one looks so action-packed because they actually show you, okay, there's the fangs, there's the blood, there's the ripped you know, bodice, you know, you get to see all that stuff. All of that is just kind of referred to. You, you never see Lugosi bearing his fangs. You never see any blood. It's all kind of taking place off camera. So a lot of Dracula is just sort of like sitting around drawing rooms saying, you know, so you mean to say he's a, yes, a vampire. There's a lot of that where it just takes forever to get moving, you know. <laughs> But the, the opening scenes in the castle are pretty cool. When uh, when Renfield, you know, when he's still in his right mind, goes up the stairs and tries to make the deal with Lugosi. That's pretty good. That first 15, 20 minutes is pretty sharp. But uh, after that, it gets pretty sloggy. So, yeah, so I never really rated uh, the original Dracula that no, highly. That's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, but the creatures, so you would be, you creatures definitely above uh, Dracula. Yeah, that's. I think this is a solid film. It's not an A picture, but it's a good B picture. You know, it's you know, it's uh, it's a good costume. It's a really good looking costume. A lot of work went into sculpting that. And there's two people. There's one guy that did all the swimming scenes. That was one whole costume. And then the guy that was on land, whenever he's like on land carrying 
Julia Adams back to his lair. That was another costume. So there was two actors uh, performing the creature and the, uh, so you got the guy that's doing the swimming and the guy that's doing all the other stuff. And uh, they spent a lot of time. What was What's that? that? Like the guy who swam doesn't know how to walk on land, but then you said he. No, it would have been it, the, it would have been it would have been it would have been too long a day. It, it took him like hours just to get the costume on. Uh, so they had to kind of divide it up so you could have like the second. Um, you know, the assistant director could be shooting scenes at the same time they're doing the underwater stuff because it took hours to put that. That suit is like in eight pieces and it just mm-hmm. took forever to get it on. And it's a good suit. You can tell there's no zipper up the back. A lot of times you see these 50 sci-fi films and you can see there's like a zipper up the back. You know, what uh, are these like creature from outer space movies? It, you know, a lot of times they don't look very good. This one looked uh, I, I always thought this one looked pretty damn good. No, it's a great costume for sure. And then his weird yeah. way of breathing when he's on land is uh, kind of horrifying. Uh, yeah, like a fish. Mm-hmm. Then you wonder how uh, you wonder how the the girl was able to hook up with him. Uh, but uh, Guillermo del Toro explained that. So wrong movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Patrick, what do you think of Creature from the Black Lagoon? <clears throat> Had you seen this before? No, I'd never seen this one before. What did you think, my man? Um, I have two main problems with this film. One. For a creature that's supposed to be native to the water, he does not look like he swims very well. <laughs> His movement in the water isn't natural. and it, Really? Yeah, it doesn't wow. feel natural. And it, sometimes it feels kind of grating, like he's struggling. And and I get that because that suit's definitely going to be difficult to swim in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, try and, you try and swim in that giant rubber suit. And- well, yeah, I get that. But I'm just saying, like, you know, it's not believable. But the other huh. portion of it is, I think it was too bright. Like, the way it was filmed, it doesn't, like, it. they should have pushed some of the contrast more. Instead of kind of graying everything out, it, mm. it should have been more towards the the darker side. And I think it would have made it a little bit more terrifying. A little more moody. Uh, yeah, enough, a little bit more atmosphere. moody. Yeah, so it, it was okay. Not my favorite. I think the problem with with doing that, Patrick, is a lot of this is shot outdoors. Yeah. And so trying to do underwater at night and all that would not have worked. Well, yeah. Well. I mean, I don't even think necessarily it would have to have been underwater at night. I just because one underwater like that would not be that bright. Like, how the hell was he seeing underwater with no light, mm-hmm. especially in the Amazon like that? Like you, you wouldn't be able to see a foot in front of you with all the dirt and muck and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I mean, I. It was okay. I didn't love it. What'd you think of the uh, What'd you think of the shot where he's uh, the famous scene where he's like swimming under her? You know, she's trying to get back to the boat, and he's swimming under her. That's like a real famous scene, really beautiful scene. I think I think she was pretty dumb for getting in the water again. <laughs> I mean, you, you obviously know you're trying to track down something. Then you're just gonna jump in the river in the Amazon yeah. when they were just talking about giant fish that could kill you and eat you. I was uh, thinking just like crocodiles. I thought, gee, isn't yeah, she afraid like, there might be a, a crocodile out there? You're in the Amazon, you know? Yeah, no, I mean that was that was a little much. Stupidest thing uh, ever, <laughs> right? Um, I, the suit, while he didn't move believably enough for me, the suit was cool. Like, I can appreciate for the time how good that makeup is. All right. Patrick, you seem underwhelmed, but that's okay. You know why? Because Jake is here. I just, I wanted more. I, I honestly, yeah. like, if, if they had, like, if I could just push the contrast of that film, like, I, I would ignore the, um, the swimming. You know you have those controls yeah. on your TV, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I know. But it's, <laughs> it's, 
it would well, take a lot. Also, you're because, like, another a thing lot is, of middling phones. Another thing is you're also watching this in HD, and yeah. film grain is completely different. If you had seen it maybe yeah. on film, that would yeah, be, maybe be, I don't know. Yeah, that'd be different. But uh, yeah, HD does that with a lot of movies. I I watch a lot of older movies, and I'm like, wow, this really looks way too clean. Um, yeah, it's it's almost yeah, but. I Surreal. watched, you know, Seven Samurai in HD, and that looked beautiful. There's still a lot that's of all grain, outdoors. But, yeah, you know? there's still a lot of and grain. That's all in outdoors. Uh, yeah. Jake, what did so, you think? Oh, I'm sorry. I would Patrick. discount your argument. Uh, okay, you can suck it. Uh, uh, <laughs> Jake. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, he knows I'm kidding, sort of. Mm-hmm. What'd you think, man? Creature from so the Black Lagoon. Yeah. Are you are you asking are you actually asking me? Or I am asking, asking you, that? Jake. I'm, I was telling him to okay. suck it, and then I moved directly on to you. Cat, take it away. It was okay. I I I do love the design of the character. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already seen an updated version of it with Shape of Water, and I haven't seen Creature of the Black Lagoon before. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought it was good, and um, I disagree with Patrick. I actually do like how the creature moved. Considering that that is an actor wearing a, I'm assuming, fairly heavy rubber suit. Not too shabby. Patrick's not buying it, but Jake says it, he look, it looks real. I don't know. I don't say it looks real. I said it looks pretty good. How do you know what a I giant fish great. man is supposed to swim like? Yeah. <laughs> in the you first can any that's in the water at any point in time moves more. The guy swimming moved more naturally in the water than he did. Like the guy, obviously that ship, that 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 creature has huge spikes and fins that don't allow him to move very freely. He's more like an alligator. Think of him like an alligator. Alligators th- move incredibly well in the water. Do they? Yes. And and they're you fast. Kind of do they're like he, super he fast. Kinda, yeah. He kind of does right. like a he does like a back and forth kind of swaying motion a little bit. Sometimes a lot of back and forth struggling. A little wiggle, wiggle. It's funny. You know, it's funny. I never, I just never noticed that. I'm thinking back. I don't know if this guy was like an Olympic swimmer or something, but something like it, like a Johnny Weissmo or somebody who's probably like on the Olympic team or something. I never really thought of that. I thought, you know, he swims. You know, I I, I never thought he was like struggling as he was swimming, but maybe it didn't look that smooth. I just never understood how he killed people, but I guess just the claws and maybe he has because it's fish strength a thing. Is, and, sure, yeah. and the claw, it oh, is the claws, fish. Christ, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the claws and the strength. You can see that first guy, he just about crushes his skull in, you know. We're losing Justine, she's fading, she's fading slowly. Mm. Justine, are you okay, man? Yeah, man. What did you think of Creature from the Black Lagoon? How much did you love it? Um, I roll of the eyes, and then the answer. <laughs> the girl was pretty. I thought she was really pretty. Yeah. Um, it reminded me of another movie we watched. I just couldn't think of what it was where there was only one girl scientist and the rest were all men. I just couldn't remember. You were thinking was- of them. Ah, there it is. Mm-hmm. Yes. I remember them all standing around. I was like, hey, there's one. Mm-hmm. One and for I our team. Her, like, cool. But yeah. she had way more talking. She talked a lot more in this movie, obviously. Um I agree with Patrick because when he was swimming, I'm like, why doesn't he just do a backstroke right now? He wants to do a backstroke, but then his hand doesn't do it. So maybe it's a suit. Like he can't physically do a backstroke. I'm like, do a backstroke and it would mirror her and it would look so much better if he backstroked instead of 
like what whatever the f he was doing. Um, he was falling in love. Yeah, the backstroke <laughs> came later. Was he though? What? And was why would Jimmy he like kind of touch, but then not? He was teasing her. You ever heard uh, Guillermo del Toro said the reason he did The Shape of Water, he saw Creature from the Black Lagoon when he was like seven, and he was very disappointed that they didn't like end up in a romantic relationship. (laughs) (laughs) He said he always thought the monster should have gotten the girl in that movie. So that's The Shape of Water he thought would correct things. He would write a movie that corrected things. (laughs) And he won the Oscar. Great movie. Yeah. Justine, we interrupted you, though. Sorry about that. (laughs) And then um, I thought it was like so they played that music whenever he was around, which for my <laughs> like, I appreciated it. Oh, you didn't so like that? You'd think they would know he was coming because every time they heard that, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> hey, and he's right behind you. <laughs> whenever he was on the boat, I was like, what the fuck? He just got on the boat, like just walking around. No one saw him and he's just cruising around. <laughs> yeah. I didn't expect him to be on the boat, walking around, putting his hand through windows. Like that was. <laughs> He's a sneaky fish. Okay. I love it. I know. Whit missiles all. Hey, I'm all bandaged up, but uh, can you look over here for a minute? Like, <laughs> you know, this... <laughs> he knows how to ladders and get up there and walk around like nothing. That was weird. Um, Should have had a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do like the suspense with. her her man i forgot his name already but she yelled it so many times um david whatever whatever her lover's name is david yeah yeah. david when he was um when he was trying to move that wood piece like that was very suspenseful for me and when he's standing there on top of it and you know that the guy's coming through and he had to get out of the water right away the whole thing i was i was pretty entertained by that oh good good Um, mark what an asshole mark done the whole movie without her though Okay. What? Say that again? What? <laughs> what? That, you thought it would be? Maybe it would have been better if they didn't even do that whole little love thing between with the monster. I just didn't really care for that. Um, mm. I don't mind that if she was there. I just don't like that that happens. It's supposed to be like Beauty and the Beast. They were writing this like a Beauty and the Beast sort of thing, you know. Like he is kind of like checking her out, you know. But why? He's the he's a fish <laughs> dude. <laughs> but he's he's a gill man. He's half man, half fish. <laughs> you know, he's, he's never seen a shape like that. You know, when they they shoot up, she's like backlit swimming, and uh, the you know they had the commentary track. They go, he's never seen a silhouette like that before. <laughs> you know? So he, I like he was um, Vince Gilman. Is that what you said? Yes, Gilman. What were you saying? Just I like when they go to the cave. I thought that was a cool because it kind of feels like you're in the same place the whole time in the movie, and then they go yeah. into the cave, and I was impressed with that. I was like, "Wow, it looks really good." Um, it seemed like a set until a little bit later when they walk out and they're on a beach. But um, <laughs> I love it. Air quotes, you know, the beach, <laughs> which is the, pro- probably the universal back lot. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then the suspense of their ship with um I don't know what the thing's called that supposed to pull things up. Winch. Oh the winch. Yeah. I thought that was cool. What if we would have pulled up a twenty five foot great white from that? Like what if what if it would have been like to John who wins some people better in the water? That was pretty stupid though. It was really cheesy. Yeah. What? Some people say this is like um 
this is kind of like early on. This is kind of like a lot of movies copy this where the monster doesn't want him to leave. They say it's kind of like, you know, Alien and a lot of other movies where they're kind of stuck and one by one they start getting eliminated. You know, the monster is pretty much <laughs> going to make sure that they all die before they get out of there. Oh, yeah, that, that kind of... made me mad too. I was like, really? You're going to kill the native people first? It made me mad. Mm. Well, they were, they were the most vulnerable, as always. So, because they were just sleeping. They were just sleeping in tents, you know. Just like, hey, you go out there. We'll be. Uh, we'll be. Whatever. Right. Did you see some of their bodies? I'm like, this guy's ripped. <laughs> <laughs> what they should have done. Genie out of that fish man. What the native should have done was hire a sam some samurai to come in and take care of the fish man, and it would have all been would have all worked out, man. Would have all worked out. They didn't have an old man to talk to. Yeah. to get them <laughs> Find hungry samurai and then go. We're, we're set. They'll get the gill, man. Uh, but I'm we'll just that, give them a bowl of like rice. You, it sounded like you did like it, though, Justine. <laughs> That's good. That's interesting. I'm glad that you liked it. Glad that you dug it. It does have a very. You kind of see where. Uh, I don't know how much of it. I, I don't know how much I'm making this up, but I feel like Spielberg probably got a little of this for Jaws. You know all those scenes on the boat. Kind of gave me like kind of a Jaws vibe, like we're just waiting. Mm-hmm. Sure, like you said, John, like well, this, this creature's floating. Even the scene when she's when he's about to touch her leg and he's coming up from under her—that's yeah. a little Jaws scene right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think all those guys, uh, if you asked them, would say that they love this movie. John Landis, Spielberg, all those guys, uh, Joe jo Dante—they love this era of '50s sci-fi. And the guy that directed this also did. Uh, the Incredible Shrinking Man, which is considered one of the all-time great sci-fi films. This is the kind of movie he was making. He finally kind of graduated to A pictures, but his sci-fi pictures were always a kind of a cut above for what they were. They were always a little more sophisticated than your, there's a lot of 50 sci-fi that's pretty dopey. And he always took it a little further. Let's make it look a little more realistic, a little more sophisticated, you know, and it shows, it shows. Can I do a side note? Yes, of course. Hey, forever. Steven Spielberg is auditioning for someone to play him as a young kid for his new uh, film. It's going to be a documentary on him, I guess. Wow. Or his life story. Oh, so. like a biography. I, biography. I wow. accept. I wonder if they will watch him, if we'll see him watching Creature from the Black Lagoon. That's what I was wondering right mm-hmm. now. Like Maybe he'll show all of his influences, obviously. He'll be watching the Harryhausens and the... All that stuff. Yeah, I know that all those guys just love the Universal Monster movies. So, yeah, I'd be very surprised if this wasn't one of the ones he really digs. Uh, I will say that this is not up to the level for me. It's not up to the level of the classic horror movies, but it does have it. It does set its own kind of mood and kind of uh, atmosphere. It it lacks, you know, like, you know, those old movies had a lot of atmosphere because a like. Patrick pointed out the film struck is grainier back in the thirties. So that kind of lends itself to that era. You know, everything's a little dark, everything's a little muddled and you don't quite get that with this is they're using like telephoto lenses by this time and everything's like crisp and, and, and bright, but it, it does like Justine said, like in the grotto scenes, it sets its own mood. Those scenes mm-hmm. underwater set their own mood. There's a lot of light, but there's also, it's also kind of this, you know, weird, you know, they're off only a few feet underwater, but it's a different world. And a way a lot of that is shot, the angles they use and the way it's lit really kind of emphasize that. So I feel like it has its own atmosphere and its own mood. Um, and I I don't think the sequels capture that, but this one definitely has it. 
The problem with the sequel, the problem with the sequels is they uh, they don't spend as much time on the suit. This one really, they spent so much time sculpting the suit and making the suit, and the sequels, the suit looks a lot cheaper, and it's not the the script isn't as sharp, and they just kind of go a little bit downhill for my money. But uh, the second one, like they bring them back to like Marine Land, not California Marine Land, but like Florida Marine Land. Yeah. And they put them in a tank and then he busts loose. And it's pretty predictable. I don't think the, the, the second two aren't, aren't nearly as good as the first he one. He flips a car over, if I remember correctly. He flips a car over. You were asking about how strong he is. I'll never forget that. Yeah. The second one, he flips a car over. It's like, I guess he's pretty strong. Yeah. yeah. Is but, it like uh, uh, Planet of the Apes when they start to look pretty bad? Sure, because the the, uh, the budgets get smaller. They start these things off, and also a lot of money went into making it with 3D. You're shooting with a special camera when you're making a 3D movie, and underwater, my God, you're shooting underwater sequences with a special 3D camera. This thing was kind of pricey for what it was, but it made its money back. It was a big hit. So, um, but you could, yeah, same thing with Planet of the Apes. You know, even if you make money, they still want you to kind of cut the budget on the next one, and it always shows. It's always, you know... It's always uh, diminishing returns. You can always tell that it's lesser. They never spend more money. Even if it's a hit, they always spend less money. And, of course, you're running out of ideas, too. But uh, it is interesting what uh, the idea that it is uh, in the – you're right. What Patrick said, it's in the sunlight a lot of the time. And I think some of that was because by the time you get to the 50s, filming stuff in castles with cobwebs and creaking doors, that was considered a, a kind of old hat. And the, the gothic stuff was not considered very creepy anymore. So it was all giant bugs and uh, aliens from outer space and radiation. It was all yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much out in the open. Mm-hmm. All these films are like, yeah, when you think about it, all these films are pretty much in the outdoors during the day. <laughs> so yeah. it's not a lot of creeping up behind you on a dark corridor anymore. That's right. Yeah. Even uh, even them, to some extent. Remember the first time you see the giant, yeah. it's, it's out in the sunlight. And uh, yeah. it's not till the end when they're in the in the tunnels that they look they look much better in the shadows. You, you were gonna, and they were probably thinking at the time, this is more realistic. We're going to give them a monster that you can light with natural light outdoors. It's not going to be like we're hiding them in the in the shadows. But that's why I love all those ones from the 30s and 40s. I like all that shooting stuff in the shadows. You know, uh, that to me is part of the appeal. It's so at, it's so much atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um that's that's uh that's why I love that stuff the best. Out of all the universal uh pictures that, that you know the 30s are really the best for that stuff. Well, let's rank this 50s classic. And we're going to start with Justine and we'll go backwards. We'll work our way backwards. Justine, what do you give Creature from the Black Lagoon? 7. 7. Great. Better than Casablanca. <laughs> Jake. Mm, six and a half. What an half? Six and a half. 6.5 on the Jake scale. Patrick? Six. Six. Even with Casablanca. John? Uh, I give it a seven. It's it's good, but it's, um, you know, seven's as high as I go on this one. All right. Seven. Uh, I give it a solid seven. It's a solid seven for me. It's fun. I like the 50, yeah. I like 50 sci-fi. It is a different feel than the 30s uh, horror movies, but it's it, they're fun. These are, this is a fun way to spend an afternoon. You know, you're home. You got nothing to do. It's raining outside. Hey, let's watch. Uh, let's throw on Creature from the Black Lagoon. Let's throw on them. Let's throw on. Uh, Wait, hey, Mario, would you uh, put this in your top 10 50s sci-fi? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. 50 sci-fi. Uh, there's a 50 sci-fi. I don't. You know, there's Forbidden Planet. There's them. There's. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, Dave the Earth stood still. There's War of the Worlds. Yeah. There's a lot. And in some it. of those are. And some of those are in color. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a lot in it. I would consider. Heck, I'll, yeah. I would consider Twenty Thousand Leagues fifty sci-fi. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah. you know, uh, so it's kind of hard to. It's kind of hard. I don't know. It would be close. It would. It would. It would get. It would approach the top ten. But yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but um, I don't know if it, if it cracks the top ten. That's a good question, though. We lost Justine. Is everything okay, Justine? She's pooping. All right, guys. It's time to move on. She's asleep. She's falling fast asleep. It's time to move on to uh, what could po- possibly be. We're going to explore this a little bit, guys. If I if I ask myself honestly, the, I mean, the sentimental answer is always Star Wars, but this may be. My favorite movie of all time. Is it? Wow. No, this su- is the number one. No surprises there. I know it's uh, Patrick and I, as much as we differ in our uh, choice of hats, I think we're pretty uh, aligned on this one. But uh, we'll see. We shall see. Why don't Patrick, why don't you give us the breakdown of Akira Kurosawa's oh. classic Seven Samurai? All right, Seven Samurai released in 1954 on also November 19th, 1956 in the USA. Uh, got an 8.6 on IMDb, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, airing three hours and 27 minutes, directed by one Akira Kurosawa. Mm-hmm. Uh, has been adapted into other films such as Magnificent, Magnificent Seven. Uh, what else was it? Bugs was Life. It? Bugs Life. I mean, all sorts of stuff. Yep, it's been ripped off numerous times. But uh, yes. you know, Justine loved Magnificent Seven. Let's see what she thought of the original source material. We're going to start with Justine. We're going to work our way around back to John because I don't think John had never seen this. Uh, Justine had never seen it. I'm not sure if Jake had seen it, but I know Patrick has. So we'll we'll work our way back. We'll work our way back to you, John. Justine. Okay, no. Let's talk about it. Seven Samurai. Where where are we? Um, I like it. I there were parts where um, when they're starting to do the training and prep, where I was like, you know, if this was modern, it would all be a montage. But we're spending <laughs> yeah spending time here to do it. That's fine. Like we can show everything. Then I can see why this movie's long, and I figured that out in the beginning because I'm like, this is why because we don't do montages. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna stay in the scene. We're just yeah. gonna stay in the scene. Give more lines. You know what though? For for as many for as much as information as you're getting, you're always constantly developing something that's gonna pay off later. So when you, by the time you do get to the last battle, you know where everybody is in the village. And you you know the geography, so when the horses are going one way or another way, you're not lost as to hey where, where's this guy what's what part of the village is this you know isn't you know exactly who's supposed to be where during that last battle which runs you know a good portion of the second half so yeah but they also could have shown a map and said you're here you're here you're here but if you show a map I mean you don't have a map to reference while you're watching the movie. <laughs> they had a map. They showed it. Yeah, but you, yeah, you just, but you just saw a drawing. <laughs> the drawing doesn't. You don't know where that is in relation to what what they're seeing. I saw the drawing. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Um, all the men. No, not all of them. Most of the men were very beautiful or handsome. Mm-hmm. And um, 
Oh, it drove me crazy when Monzo Manzo? Yeah. Wanted to cut his daughter's hair. I was like, you mm-hmm. I was so pissed off. Like, they're not gonna do that. You don't even know them. Um well, he wasn't wrong. It, it happened in a mm-hmm. different way, but his fears were realized. You know, it happened oh, yeah. in a different way, but his fears as, yeah. as a farmer were realized. Although, um, that's a whole other stuff. You know, there's so many, there's so much going on here. And there's so much subtext that we, like, so I said, you can explore it. Yeah, I was telling Patrick, ways. I'm like, they should lock the door and just burn the place down. And then they did burn it, but they didn't lock the door. <laughs> lock which but door? Then, huh? Lockwood, who oh, should burn the place down? The bandits hideout. Oh well, they kind of did. That's kind of yeah, what they did. Yeah. I was like, hey, they are gonna do it. Yeah. And then I, I told Patrick, I'm like, why wouldn't they let the horses go so they wouldn't have horses anymore? That kind of bothered me. Um, I think they didn't want to make any noise. They didn't want to raise any alarms, so they had to just do. They they went with the quickest route, which was let's just set this thing on fire, and we'll when they run out, cut we'll, the horses loose. We'll catch them. Bye, horses. Yeah, maybe. They could have done it like while riding away, but I don't know. Um, I like the different personalities they gave to the people. I mean, they did it in all the other movies, so it made sense that they would do it in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, the length didn't bother me. I just knew why it was long because mm-hmm. <laughs> we spent so much time in all these other areas. But I would be okay with just watching the last part of the movie. And- what about the beginning when they're trying to recruit everyone? It was okay. I was okay with that. Yeah. Well, this is one of the first movies to do that, where like a team is being recruited and you, you, they, you, you show everybody, and just the way he introduces everybody is kind of interesting. Like, you get everybody, you get uh, three of the main characters right in the beginning when they, when you, when you see Kambe gonna do that move where he dresses like a monk to get the kid out of the barn, and then everybody else is kind of recruited from there. So. Um, there's a lot of movies where it's like, hey, we got to get the team together. I mean, think of the Oceans movies. Think of the Dirty Dozen. You know, all these movies that we've seen. The Professionals, like all these movies where there's a team. It kind of all goes back to to this movie. So, but Yeah, for sure. But I think that part of that length, though, just seeing if you watch it again, you realize that you really like spending time with these characters, especially knowing how it's going to end up, that they're not all going to... I mean, you know they're not all going to make it at the beginning. But uh, I feel like they're characters I like spending time with, so I don't mind the movie being three and a half hours. Because there's always something to look at, I feel. I feel like it would have been better if the young guy died. You mean story-wise? Or yeah. You, or you just didn't like him? The one with the girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot his name. I think I kept thinking he was gonna die, and it didn't happen. So. Well, you should have just referred. You should have just referred back to uh, Magnificent Seven and said who lived there, and then that would have given right. You, that would have given you the answer. Although I don't think it's except, he stays behind as a farmer, doesn't he? That that character stays behind with the girl in farms, doesn't he? In I, Magnificent Seven, I believe. Yeah. Well, I think he's like an amalgam between that kid and Toshiro Mifune. In the, in the other one. Oh right, because they say, oh, he was obviously a farmer. Uh, so you, but you did like it, Justine. And what, which of the men was most beautiful to you? I want to. This is very interesting. I like to. Oh man, um, 
if you don't see Toshiro, then you're wrong. And the people were walking by. I was like, wow, look at a handsome man walking by. Oh, when they're in the uh, village trying to recruit the trying to recruit the samurai. Yeah, when they're just in the city, like walking around, they're just staring at people. Uh, I was staring with them too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the way that's done too, because as their eyes move to the left, you see somebody moving across the screen. It's really well done that whole scene. And yeah, the way he cut the film is really good too, from what I saw. And he's his own editor. Um, he was his own editor, so that's why you get a lot of those scenes that cut on action. I don't think any of the main men were as handsome. I have a favorite, but... Who was your favorite of the samurai? Probably everyone's favorite. The old man? <laughs> no. <laughs> I do love... I, I like... I think he's... I, I know Toshiro Mifune is everybody's sentimental favorite as Kikuchio, mm. but I, I do like the old man. I, li- I just think he brings a lot of very quiet dignity to that role. Uh, but I, I mean, there's, but you would say he's your favorite Kikuchio? Uh, let me see what his name is. If Toshiro Mafune, the farmer who is mm-hmm. pretending to be a samurai. No. Uh, no. The, the boisterous one? I think it's Cambay. Cambay no. is the leader. Yes, Cambay. I yeah. like him. Yeah, that's what I was saying. The old man. Oh, I thought you were talking about the old, old man. Oh, the old man? Oh, grandpa. The grandpa. That's grandpa. I, in my mind, <laughs> all of those old men were the same age. Like, I didn't see them all as... Mm. Yeah. They all seemed the same age. It didn't seem like one was older than the other. Uh, I do. The, I, I liked it that giving... The movie being so long kind of gives everybody a moment. You get you get a couple moments with each guy, which I like. Sometimes these movies, some of the characters get kind of a short shrift, but I feel like you really know everybody by the time the battle starts. So that's a, I think that's a plus. Uh, Absolutely, Justine. We're gonna circle back. Some, huh? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, then they had some brown chicken, brown cow. Oh yeah, this is very it's this is very different from a movie. Think of 1950s movies that we've seen. Um, there's swearing in this. There's yeah, the uh, names he calls her. I was like, oh yeah, this is an old film. <laughs> yeah, well, no, but but you wouldn't hear that in an American movie. You wouldn't really no. hear that kind of stuff because of censorship. And, Just yeah. the ladies out in the streets. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that whole thing. He calls her all these names, and there is brown chicken, brown cow. That's all handled very well, though. Yeah. Very, very, very well done. So your your favorite was the old man, Kambe? Yeah, I like the planning. I like the calmness of him. I like the humor he has. Um, he's a great leader. I love that he rubs the back of his head every once in a while when he, like... <laughs> I, was yeah. my, I was telling Patrick my dad does that when he gets a fresh haircut. He tends to always touch his head like that. Yeah, there you go. So so Kambe reminded <laughs> you of your dad. As soon as I saw it, I was like... Uh, my dad does that. <laughs> well, I do. He's a very, I love that he, uh, he has a warmth about him. You know, it could have been a role where he was just like, I'm the leader, you know, I'm aloof. And, uh, but he's not, he's very, he has a very, a, a certain amount of warmth to him. And I think that's what makes him such a sympathetic uh, character and a good leader. Uh, I think he's a very warm character, you know, cause it could have been, that could have been a role where you just like this guy, like Lee Marvin in the dirty dozen is not a warm guy. Right. Right. But I feel like nope, uh, 
But I feel like if Kambe was, I would probably go, I would fight to my death for Kambe if he were like a leader. Like if I were in that. I kind of, I kind of I wish they explored like maybe like a bad side to him, but. Well, these are all supposed to be, it's funny because they do show you that this, that there are bad samurai, that samurai that, you know, the, the, all the ones that didn't want to help the farmers, you know, one of them stole the rice. You know, the, the samurai. So these are like sort of like the highest ideals of what samurai should be, which is why they're so rare and they were so hard to find. You know, I think that's what the whole point of the of the search was. They can tell a bad seed from a good seed. Mm -hmm. I do love the idea of uh, I love that he was making the kid like to train him. He's like, oh, he whacked the samurai over the head when they. When they come in, the <laughs> good training. Good training. Good training. Yeah, See, and that's why I thought the guy was gonna die because he was such a, <laughs> a strong connection to him, to the storyline of that girl. Like it just, it seemed like such a strong thing they were building up that he would end up dying. And it, well, it I think in a, in a, I think either way it led to heartbreak because she wasn't gonna. She just, she's not, she can't be with him now because of this dishonor. So now she's, you know, she's kind of dishonored herself and now she's kind of stuck with living with her father, I guess. Um, so there's that. So there is a tragedy there in some way because you don't get a happy ending for that, for that character. Yeah. What's that last line? Christ. <laughs> what do you say? The last line we're defeated. You know, they won. We didn't win. The farmers won. We didn't yeah. win. Yeah. And then there's that on top of it. Yeah. So he doesn't even get the girl nor the victory. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Pat, or, let's see, Jake, you had never seen this? You had never seen Seven Samurai? You were familiar with Bugs Life, and you have seen uh, Magnificent Seven. What yeah, I was, saw Magnificent Seven. What was it like seeing the original? What was it like seeing this uh, for the first time? It was good. It was long. It was very long. Mm -hmm. um, I, think, I think it was more like the first hour is what dragged on the most, because they have to introduce everybody, and they have to give you at least... A general idea of their character, but once that once that was all out of the way, it was actually pretty. It went by pretty quick. Uh, that was good. Kichi Kichu was Toshiro Bufune. Kukuchio. Kukuchi, yeah. Kukuchio. Yeah, Kukuchi was yeah. He was great. Yeah. I thought he was. I thought he was definitely the most interesting to and watch. He definitely had the most fun. It looked like he was just Kurosawa told him just have fun, and he did. Yeah, but I, also I think that makes the job. moment where he breaks down, where, where you figure out that he's a farmer, at the moment when he's yelling at them, you know, he's in the armor, and he's telling them, you know, you guys are the ones that did this. You're the reason the farmers are this way. I feel like that moment resonates more when he finally breaks down and cries because he hasn't been yeah. that way through the whole movie. So I feel like in a lot of ways he's the he's the heart of the movie as well. It finally hit him what they were doing, and mm. yeah. Uh, did you have a favorite samurai? K Kikuchi, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I forget the name. It was the older. It was the older one who was who had that duel with. Oh, I forgot his. I never know his name, but he's the basically like the 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 badass swordsman. Hmm. Yeah, I, I love his whole his whole uh, I love his whole persona because he's not mean. He's just very quiet and very focused. And uh, it's funny because the kid hero worships Kambe at first, and, and then after 
towards the end of the movie, he's worshiping that guy. Mm-hmm. Who has probably the most one of the most badass sequences where he's just like, I'll be right back, and comes back and throws <laughs> down two rifles. And it's like, okay, there's two more for you. And, and it's like, well, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to take a nap. We lost uh, we lost Jake there for a second. Uh, yeah, I'm here. Are you okay, Jake? I think we so. We still have a picture. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Jake, you felt the, it lagged a, little, lagged a little in the first half when they were getting everybody together, but you were good once they got to the village and everything started to kind of un... Yeah. Did you have a hard time following any of the action once it got towards the battle scenes? Um, no, not really. I think it was. I think it was hard just keeping track of all the characters because there's so many. There's a lot of speaking parts. There's a lot of farmers. Mm. Uh, there's you know there's the four main farmers, and then you have some of the the old man. You have uh, um, Shino, and then you have the seven samurai. So there is a lot of characters to keep track of, and it's hard when it's a foreign film because you're reading, so. You might not get all the characters' names the first time around, so yeah. Uh, and it's like not like if I watch a movie in Spanish or French or Italian, where some of the words you know sound like something I know. It's a completely foreign language, so that that does take some attention. So I know the first time I watched this, I probably felt the same way. I was like, "Wow, this movie's long," but once you know it again and you revisit it, I think that kind of once you become more familiar with it, it gets easier and easier to follow. Yeah, uh, so. Uh, Patrick, this is one of your all-time favorites, man. Is it your all-time favorite? Uh, um, it's up there. I, I I really like this movie a lot. Um, I think one of the things that I really enjoy is the cinematography, and I forgot how funny this movie is. Like, it's got some really funny moments that mm-hmm. you kind of just miss sometimes. Um. But I, I think the story is really good. I think the characters are fantastic. It's got some, like I said, some beautiful cinematography that you can't, you know, help but look at. Um, and, you know, it's you, you go back and forth like at different times watching it. I've watched this before and, you know, just some of the, um, you know, the scenes really stand out to you. And then sometimes the humor like this, this time watching around, the humor stood out to me a lot like uh, Toshiro Mifune is the butt of every single joke mm-hmm. and he, he he just he makes it fun uh, I do like when he does the chicken when he stands on the thing and does yeah. the, the chicken foot uh, uh, yeah I was really watching him this time around and uh, he does get the lion's share he steals a lot of the scenes but he's again uh, he's also the central character uh, in a lot of ways and so you know, he, he, like I said, he's the heart of the film, but uh, he's fun. He doesn't to be have a- my favorite joke, though. What, what is your favorite joke? Uh, when they're all still getting together, uh, I forget his name, but he asks, he's uh, he's one of the characters. The guy who's chopping wood uh, says he's from the school of wood chopping. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, yeah. And he says, I like him a lot. Yeah. He goes, what? he goes, I get once I get started, I don't stop. He's like, so that's why I try not to start at all. In other words, like, yeah, he's pretty good. I love the bit of business where he's chopping the wood and he's sitting there and then he turns around and just moves his sword really quickly so that the other guy's not near his swords anymore. Don't touch it. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I do. I did like that. I forgot his name and he's the first one to die. Unfortunately, Uh, he dies when they're they're raiding the bandit's house. But but yeah, he is a great character and uh, there, there is a lot of humor. You're right. It's a funny movie. Uh, There's a lot of jokes. The one that I always, that I never struck me that, 
Um, I love that there's a whole underlying current of them trying to like fire up the troops and keep everybody yeah. like loose. And so the night before the big battle, he's like, he's like, man, they're like, he's just, they're uh, they're not feeling it right now. Let me let me uh, we got to loosen them up. And then he makes a joke at <laughs> the kid's expense. He's, yeah, like, he's like, oh yeah, hey, uh, it's his first time. You can't judge him. Yeah, you know, what, no, he says, uh, he says we expect a lot out of you because you became a man last night or something. And then yeah. everybody, he kind of turned that whole awkward situation into something where, you know, it was kind of. Uh, where everybody could laugh and like let some steam off. Uh, again, a good leader for Justine. I wish she was the manager of your Michaels, Justine. Would you like a comment? Uh, that would be an HR issue. <laughs> wow. You wouldn't fire Kambe. He's like a John Sandy. He's got the wisdom of a John Sandy. Uh, so, Patrick, uh, uh, when did you first see Seven Samurai? started the podcast you made me watch it i did <laughs> yeah you recommended and i was like yeah i'll check it out and then i finally did god dang it see i didn't know we were ever gonna watch it jake uh which of your uh which of the uh seven samurai remakes is your favorite bug's life or magnificent seven bug's life good answer patrick yep, for sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh seven samurai and uh kikuchio is your favorite samurai is that who you said yeah. Say your answer. That's your choice. No, no, no. it's uh, it's the I forget his name, but oh, it's the, the wood chopper. The wood chopper yeah. is cool. Uh, I do. I also like. I mean, I like them all, but I like the other guy who, uh, he, who becomes his right hand man, and when mm-hmm. he when he gets to the door, he's like, "Surely you jest." He looks in. He knows they're gonna <laughs> whack him. He just says, "Surely you jest," and he's like, "Fantastic." <laughs> Let's be. I love that. It's a good film. I love. He's it. like you passed. You, Are, you passed. John, you finally watched Seven Samurai. Does, yeah. Does it live up to the hype that you've heard all these years? It does. Yeah, you've been pushing this as the greatest movie of all time for a long, for a long time, and it it lives up to its reputation. Um, the only Kurosawa movie I just realized, really, the only one I've seen is Run. You know, I saw that when it came out, and then I saw it when we uh, uh, did it on the show and uh, I was looking through the filmography, I thought, geez, I guess that's the only Kurosawa film I've ever seen. So um, yeah, this definitely, definitely lives up to its reputation. It is long, but every scene is pushing the narrative forward. So I never found myself like looking at my watch. I mean, I was aware that I was spending three and a half hours you know, <laughs> sure. watching it, but it uh, every, he's got a way of cutting that, uh, Every scene is moving the narrative forward. Everything is telling the story. You never feel like um, it's unnecessary. And um, Mm -hmm. like you said, by the time you get to the end, you really, it's paid off because you really know who everybody is and what's at stake and what they're feeling. And so it makes everything feel very, um, you feel for everybody when the final battles happen, you know, Mm -hmm. because everybody's got a different, they're coming at it from a different psychological point of view, you know? Sure. And, uh, yeah, boy, I wasn't expecting like, uh, to share Mifune, you think, yeah, he's just kind of like a buffoon, his character. And then not only when he reveals that he was a farmer, but that scene where they're getting the baby out of the burning mill Oof. and he starts crying and he's all, what? He's all, I was just like this baby. This was me. You know, this is what happened to me. Yeah. And you just go, holy cow. That's woof. He's now revealed everything and that's you, making him tick. You now know? you know why he's so 
he's so excited to see, he's the one that has the most enthusiasm like he's so happy to see the bandits coming because he's like yeah, I've, yeah. I've waited my whole life for this i've waited right. my whole life for this moment to be able to do this he's getting such uh, a kick out of it no matter what tragedy is happening he's all ah here they come and he was like, yeah, aren't they ever coming? You know, everyone's all kind of like, you know, I don't know. They're going to show up. He's like, yeah, aren't they ever going to get here? You know, He's just like, can't wait. You know, I, I love that. He at the end, he puts the five <laughs> blades and he's like, he's like, he's like, the last time I, I could only kill so many because I only had one blade. It's like, now oh, I have, yeah, so great. And I, I do love the uh, I do love the guy. I can't think of his name. The one that's real stoic, the one that goes out. And he says, I'll be back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he takes out yeah. he, he gets a couple guns and he takes out a couple guys and then just goes to take a nap yeah uh to to me he felt like the charles bronson of the bunch because he's very stoic just takes care of business he's good at what he does but i love when that guy uh you know with the youngster is uh, saying i think you're really great i've just wanted to tell you that you're really great <laughs> and he <laughs> waits till he walks away and then he kind of breaks into a smile just kind of like a halfway smile yeah. after he turns around and walks away that's a great little moment uh, yeah. It really is because he's all, all right, go ahead and tell me what you're going to tell me because uh, I want to get a nap, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's so heartfelt. You know, I just wanted to tell you, you're really great. <laughs> As he walks away, he just kind of cracks kind of like a goofy smile. Um, so, yeah, I was really watching him. He seemed to be the one that was just the most proficient. But I think my favorite is um, is the guy that rounded up everybody, the the uh, the lead guy. Yeah, uh, Kambe. Uh, uh, th- yeah. What's interesting is this year, uh, the same year, uh, Takashi Shimura, who had played, he was in Stray Dog. He goes all the way back. He's in early. He's in all the early Kurosawa stuff. He used him a lot. Um, one of his favorite actors, along with Mifune, he was in Godzilla as the scientist. This really this same year, yeah. So he's in the original. No Godzilla. kidding. Yeah, he's the original scientist in uh, Godzilla. You know the one that, that. You mean the old one from '55? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's in there. Wow, Takashi Shimura. You know he he looked familiar. I thought, where have I seen this guy before? He looks so familiar. I can't believe it that he was also in. Uh, and that was also a Toho production, right? That's right yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, wow, he was one of the Toho contract players there, and so uh, he's wow. He's in both. Well. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And you know he, you're really with him from the time he, that opening scene where he, he take he cuts off his top knot, shaves his head, and goes in there and does what he what has to be done. He's got to kill this guy to get the kid out of there safely. And from then on, you're really all, your eyes are really on him because, uh, yeah, he's um, he's obviously sort of weary, battle weary, and he's seen his his share of life, but he really uh, has a great way of just keeping everybody on an even keel. He never loses his cool. Even when things, when uh, the shit hits the fan, he never loses his cool. It's always kind of like just, okay, what do we got to do next to kind of move on from this, you know? And then you get to see him, you know, when you, when you finally get to see everybody, because you get to see everybody kind of do their thing. And then in battle, you realize he's, he's just, he's, he's a good warrior too. Exactly. He's survived all this stuff, but you get to see him. He's very calm in the face. You know, he's just firing the arrows. And, you know, obviously yeah. he's a skilled warrior as well. Right. Which is, uh, you see at one point he takes down one of the guys uh, on the mounts. He, like, just kind of does this sidestep and then this, like, you know, cuts the guy off the, off the horse. You know, very, but very businesslike. Nothing showy, nothing flashy. Just yeah. Very, yeah. You know, um, and so, I- yeah, he was, the most, he was the most fascinating. Also, because there's so many scenes where... He's just thinking, and that's that's. I would imagine that's got to be the hardest thing to do, 
as an actor is just sort of sit there doing nothing and show that you are thinking and make it believable. And every moment he's just sort of like sitting there trying to put together what they're going to do next. It just is, it's really amazing just to see what's going on behind his eyes. You know, uh, I would definitely recommend you check out a uh, uh, straight dog. Cause he and to he plays Tashir Rafuri's kind of mentor in the movie. And he's an older detective and uh, Tashiro Mufune is like a young rookie who loses his gun. And it's shot in post-war Tokyo. It's kind of a, got a little bit of a noir feel to it. But they have a really great yeah. partnership. Uh, what was Winchester that? Winchester 73? What's that? He loses his gun like in Winchester 73? He does, but a, a thief takes it. And he's a cop. And so what ends up happening is this thief starts using the gun to commit crimes. And it's driving Tashiro Mufune like becomes obsessed with getting the gun back or finding the guy who has the gun because he's starting to use it to like hurt people. It's really, really good. Really interesting movie. What year, what year is that? 46, I think 1946. Oh, so it's like at 10 years before uh, yeah. seven samurai. It's like super wow. young to Mafune. Mafune Mafune is really, really young in it. And uh, at one point he goes undercover as like a, an ex-soldier who's living on the streets of Tokyo. So it's very interesting because you get all this uh. stuff shot like, Right at like post war Tokyo, yeah. Wow, and this was Kurosawa's first. He had done period movies, but he had never done a, a movie that what that centered around. He'd done Rashomon by this time, but it didn't center around. There were samurai in it, but it wasn't centered on samurai. So, this is really the and this is probably the most well known, but this was his first samurai movie. And then he just wow. goes on to make you know, Yojimbo and all these other samurai pictures, you know, does Ron and all those, and uh. So it becomes like his bread and butter, but this was his first one. And what a, what a way to start. What a, he knocks it out of the park first time. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, John, how did you feel about, and like, so I'm going to ask this for everybody. Cine, I mean, we've talked about the cinematography. This, this, this feels very different than American movies that we're seeing in this time period. Uh, it feels very fluid, very modern in a lot of the, you, you got, there's the wipes. You know, you get the wipes across the screen. Um, when Kambe kills the thief with the rice, you know, he gives him the rice. That guy comes out. It's slow motion. You know, there's all, yeah. these, different, there's all these different elements that we're seeing in more modern movies. Did this feel very different from the movies that we've seen so far? So think of like... It feels, um, it feels timeless. It doesn't feel like it's of a time. Sometimes you watch... Uh, a movie and it, uh, like a film noir, and it feels very much of its time. This feels timeless. It's I know it's it's supposed to be like the 1500s in Japan, but in a way, the themes, the story it's telling, it, it really could be you know transferred to almost any time in a way. Um, but it feels timeless. There's nothing that, that shouts out, "Hey, this film was made back in '54." You know, it, it feels like it's um, its own universe. Yeah. And I'd, I'd, I'd always heard that I'd always heard from people that uh, Kurosawa did a lot with the weather and I can see what they're talking about. Whenever it's raining or there's a lot of wind blowing, it just amps up all the emotions. Whenever there's a big emotional scene, he's got something going on. He's like, you know, a pouring rainstorm or there's like flames off of a hut or the wind is blowing the entire, you know, hillside. He always amps up. It looks like what he's doing is amping up the emotions with what's happening with the weather. And it's just, it's just mind blowing. It's just beautiful. Uh, what did you guys think of the scene where that Justine brought up earlier? Um, 
where you find out that um, who is is it Rikichi? They keep bringing up his wife, and they keep saying, "Hey, when are you get married, Rikichi? When are you gonna get married?" Oh yeah, and you realize Jesus. that it, that Ugh. you realize that that's his wife, and then when she sees him, she runs back into the fire because obviously Ugh. has been you know disgraced, disgraced, and yeah, you, know, you don't you know he doesn't care. He just wants his wife back. The, you see the relief in her face too when it's over. Like when she gets out of that place, you see it. Like she just like got her revenge and she feels relieved. Mm-hmm. And just shame after that. And yeah, runs off. And the the, the it's, real- it's great when she sees the she sees the flames and she almost tells them and then she just goes, "Nah, I'm just gonna let it. <laughs> I'm gonna let it burn." You know? Yeah. Uh, you ever see that? You see that in her eyes. It's almost like she's going to warn him, and she's on that. Let it burn, you know. Yeah, there's so much in there, and there's so much uh, drama. sadness and, in the yeah, face. And without yeah. and it's silent. That whole sequence is almost silent until you know they start killing the guys when they run out. Yeah, uh, but some of those scenes really stick in my head. And every time I watch this movie, uh, I'll tell you how much I love this movie. Every time I watch this movie, I hope it's going to end up differently and that everybody's going to survive. You know, yeah. Because even when like Yohei, the farmer, you know, he's like the little comic relief yeah. guy. You know, he gets it. And what does he say? He's like, "I didn't abandon my post. Like I, I yeah. I stood. You know, yeah. I stayed there. You're like every death in this movie means something. You know, there's no, yeah. there's nobody. Even the the people you don't know, like when the farmer, you know, like they're the farmers are the random farmers are getting killed. It means something to you because you know. You know what it means to the villagers, and you've seen them struggle and having to, you know, try to survive uh, coming back from, or the bandits coming back. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah. really. So, John, did you? Uh, what What would you place this like in the in the 50s? Do you think what movie do you think would compare to this like American American movie up to this point? I, I always say maybe something like The Searchers or something. Yeah. Something yeah. where there's a little there's a little more subtext well, in there. I think like maybe like a John Ford picture. And if you see that interview with Dick Cavett, he mentions that he did see a lot of Western films uh growing up. He said there was no TV, obviously, no radio, there's no nothing. There were books, and then you know, eventually there was a way to see movies. And so he'd seen a lot of Western movies, it sounds like. And that's what I would think is a film like The Searchers, which is long and it tells a really sort of painful, deep story, and it's a journey. You know, people kind of fall by the wayside, and it's telling this pretty uh, painful story. Um, I guess he got to meet John Ford. I guess toward the end of John Ford's life, oh, he said he actually he got to meet him. Yeah, this feels very much like a western. This does feel like a western, doesn't it? It feels sure does. Like it, it, I kept thinking about that every time a horse whinnied. I thought, yeah, this is like shootout at the OK Corral. You hear the horses, you know, in the middle of the night, you hear the horses whinnying, and you go, yeah, this feels just like. Uh, Something out of a John Ford Western. This is like the 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 calm before the big shootout in, in Tombstone, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you guys buy the? Did you guys buy the turn for uh, Tashiro Funi's character? Was that something that was hard for you guys to buy that he was like this, like John said, a buffoon at first? No, I he, think it worked. Yeah, yeah, because he it's just him growing, and I think it it, it expands upon who he already is because mm-hmm. he was still a buffoon all the way to the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you you find out the reason why he's so angry. I think what I love about that character is that he embraces life. He's just such a he's such a he loves life. You know, when he's fishing, he does the you know where they're looking at him and he's fishing and he 
he catches a fish and he's so happy to have caught the fish because he kind of wants to show these guys that he can, you know, he can he can add something and bring something to the team. But I just love his character because he just embraces everything as it comes to him. You know, like, like you said, he's having he's having the most fun. That's for sure. <laughs> like when Kambe kills the thief, he runs over and grabs the sword. And he's like, "This, you, you, that's what you get, you know." And he's laughing, and you know. <laughs> he has a little dance. He has a little dance on him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, how would you rate Justine? How would you rate the uh, the 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 view of Tashir Mafuni towards the end of the movie? How would you rate? Um, I think they already won you over when you see that all the kids like him. No. Yeah, that's always very interesting. Teaching them how to fight, and he's making fun of the old man and the way he's holding the stick, and all the kids laugh, and he tells them to pay, like the kids all need to pay to watch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then you see when he's giving them rice, like they make you like him because then you see the kids like him. Yeah, and and that's why it's hard because when he chases the kids off, you know, because uh, he seems to like that attention. Uh, so when he chases the kids off after he tells them, you know. God, that speech always gets to me when he tells them, you know, you you did this, you, you know, you know, what are the farmers are supposed to do? Of course they're like this. Look what you guys do. Uh, yeah, that's such a great yeah. moment. And then you see the shame in their eyes because they've never thought about it from that perspective. They've never thought about the peasants in that way. Yeah, that's a that's a great moment. But uh, all right, let's. Uh, any final thoughts? Anybody want to add anything before we uh, all give this one a ten? I think the thing that he did the best is the silence. Like every part where it was quiet had the biggest impact, I think, in the movie. That's hard that was to a do. Modern, that was the probably the most modern thing I've seen in this film because you see a lot of films that do that now where they work with um, silence and just letting things play out. So. Yeah, he's, he's not afraid to hold uh, a shot on people just sitting there, you know, with like the wind blowing in the background or... You know, when and you like when you like when they're watching his wife, and she's in the bed, like that whole part is quiet. Um, yeah. When they're doing a lot of like, a, what I've noticed between this movie and if it was an American movie is that this would be this is just more quiet than the other ones because you're observing it more than mm-hmm. you would American films where they're just talking, 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 talking. Yeah, they're telling you instead of showing you, and and Kurosawa shows you a lot of yeah. Uh, a lot of times. Um, yeah. yeah, you're right, Justine, that there's a lot of, he's not afraid to be quiet. And then, or like when you think of when the first samurai dies, uh, they're holding that shot and you see the wind blowing and it's just quiet and everybody, the whole village is just there quiet. And well, and it's just intense too. Like when he, when that young boy gets caught with the girl, he's just there standing there. Yeah. That whole scene like is so powerful because even the dad stops yelling and then you just see the shame and you see like everything happening and there's not much dialogue in that scene besides her crying. Because there's, there's nothing, I mean, in real, realistically, there's nothing to say, right? In real life. I didn't need to say anything. Yeah. In real life. Yeah. You, and you can hear the way she's crying that she's just heartbroken, you know? And uh, that's a really great scene. There's so many great scenes in this movie that it's, uh, it's hard to just pick one. Um, like I said, you could do a whole, uh, you could do a whole podcast on just the one, uh, just this one movie, but we're, you know, we had to tackle that creature from the black lagoon. Mm-hmm. 
people have been clamoring yeah. for it. People have been clamoring for it. Um, all right, let's. Uh, any other final thoughts before we rank uh, Seven Samurai? Uh, Mario, what would you? Uh, uh, Stray Dog is the one you've been. Uh, I think you've been recommending that for decades. Yes, I would recommend is that, that the- one. Yeah, I would recommend and- if you're a Star Wars fan, definitely watch um, Hidden Fortress. Uh, it's a different yeah. role for Mifune, um, but it's a very, very interesting. Uh, very, f- it's a really cool movie. If you like, I like movies where people kind of have to take a trip or you know go on a journey together, and that's very much, uh, very much. You know, he's a general. Uh, Toshiro Mifune plays a general who's protecting a princess and a load of gold, and um, there's a lot of influence. From, you see that from Star Wars, you know, where you've got this princess that you're trying to protect, and she's on a mission. Uh, but Stray Dog is one of his contemporary movies. I would definitely recommend that one if you if you're looking to to. And then Yojimbo, if you guys want to uh, see uh, Toshiro Mifune, less less buffoony but still entertaining. And uh, is that the one that's a fistful of dollars, basically? Yeah, that's fist, you've seen it, fistful of dollars. But yeah, he's yeah. he's playing two houses off against each other. Um, yeah, he plays a samurai. Really, really, really great role for him. That was kind of like the one that he's remembered for, but yeah, definitely check it out. All right, let's rank it. I'm a, I'm a little worried, but uh, I'm going to go with it. Well, let's go with Justine first. Justine, what do you give The Seven Samurai? I don't know if I'll watch this again, but I give it a 10. Justine, hey. we just became best friends. <laughs> My wife is here. She's she's observing. She just came into the room. So I don't want to spoil it because she does listen. So I'm not going to reveal anyone's scores out loud. So I'm going to try to mute my response so that she doesn't know. Jake? I give it a nine and a half. Jake is... We, we, we thank Jake for his time on the show. <laughs> just because that first hour... Just a little, little slow. A little slow. You felt it was pokey. But okay. it made up. No, but, but it you know made what? Up, but look, it made up for it in the end. Look, I'm asking you guys to watch a movie that's 70 years old in black and white and in another language. So I will take that, Jake. I am not even mad at you. That's uh, that's a, that's mm-hmm. a very solid score, Patrick. It's a great story. And Patrick gives it a uh, what I expected. Oh yeah, I already put it in for you guys. You guys said it. So Patrick and Mario already show a 10 on here. Yeah, John, what do you give it? Yeah, this is a ten. This is a this is a masterpiece. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it, John. I'm I'm really glad. I can't, I, 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 can't I, believe I, it took me this long to get around to it. <laughs> I've, I've hyped you. I've hyped it to you for so long. I'm glad you finally watched it. And I, I will tell you that if, yeah. if you watch it again, uh, and I, I like to revisit this movie from time to time, uh, you will always find something new in there. I, I, I it's it's a that's not a. It's not an overstatement. Every time I watch it's it, dense. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on. I mean, like Justine said, uh, just the way the thing is edited, you can go back and just watch the way things edit. And uh, you know, watching that video we watched that I sent you guys, you go back and explore those movies. But uh, yeah, that was fascinating because it pointed out how he cuts things. He's cutting it on the on the action, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you you see it in the movie. You go back and watch it, and it's it's there. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I have to argue with myself sometimes because, like I said, if I if I ask myself sentimentally, Star Wars is the first movie I ever saw in a theater. 
But uh, there's something about this movie that every time I see it, uh, I just I love it more and more. So this could be this could be my favorite movie of all time. Maybe it's up there. It's definitely in my top five. It's up there with the Raiders and the and the Empires and the Godfathers and all that good stuff. So yeah, it's up there. But uh, all right, what a great show, you guys! What's on tap for next week, Justine? We got Night of the Hunter, Bridge on the River Kwai. Night of the Hunter. Oh, boy. Uh, bring him up. Yeah, bring him up. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Nicole. <laughs> Bridge on the River Kwai. For, for, uh, yeah. What did you give Night of the Hunter? That was the one with uh, Robert Mitchum. Mm hmm. <laughs> Old lady and the kids. Mop on the river. Uh, just so you know that uh, this is unofficial, but uh, Nicole says that 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 movie's an eight. Night of the Hunter. She gives it an eight. So something to look forward to, Justine. Night of the Hunter. Mm-hmm. She gives that an eight. You don't have to mark that down. I'm just letting you guys know for next week. There's no duds. These are all no duds. This is our first. Uh, this is our first Robert Mitchum movie, isn't it? Yes. No duds, only studs. Because next week you're going to get Robert Mitchum and you're going to get... Uh, That's our new slogan right there. No, no duds, duds all studs. studs. You're going to get Robert Mitchum and William Holden. Good old Bill Holden. What's he holding? You know what I'm saying? Holding that mop. Yep, 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 for Justine. Mm-hmm. Woo! I just want to see... <laughs> I just want to see life in Justine and Patrick's eyes. That's all I want. Just, John is dying of the flu. Or no, I'm fine. He's got, and I'm just laying down. I, I just look like death warmed guys, over. I'm just laying guys, down. Here's what I want you guys to do next week. I want you guys to call out of work and just say, look, I'm not feeling well. Fake a cough. And just mm. tell me you can't come into work and be like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I got to wait two weeks. Can you do that? No. <laughs> I run the place. No, <laughs> I love that. There's no way I run the place. <laughs> it'll still, it'll still be there without you, Patrick. Uh, you got to give yourself some time to rest up, man. Yeah, everyone. You want me to call off next week? Can you? Everyone's replaceable. I'm on vacation next week. Hey. hey. All right. All right. Cool, man. Right I'm, on. I'm glad you're getting some relief. Mm-hmm. Justine, it was a great show yeah. this week. You're a good person. Hmm. <laughs> Jake, it's a, ple- it's a pleasure as always. Thanks for hosting. Always. John, you only saw Seven Samurai. I feel like we've turned a corner in our relationship. <laughs> I know. I don't know why it took this long. I'm I, sure there were Kurosawa nights at the Egyptian that I missed. You know, I would love to see this movie on the big screen. I really would. I, if I could, I would see Seven Samurai. That'd be my Well, wish. maybe we're getting closer to them actually opening theaters again. Uh, you know, you forget that this movie is A in black and white and B not in widescreen. Uh, right, it's, right. It still has that epic feel to it. So, all right, yeah, all right, boys and girls. So for next week, Bridge on the River Kwai and Night of the Hunter, and then we're almost out of the fifties. After that, we're almost done. I think. Um, so all we got, all we got is uh, is the Blob and Fiend without a face. Right. That's it. The Abominable <laughs> Doctor Fibes, and uh, all right, guys, we love you. Until next week. Thank you again, uh, Untidy Venus. I had to think about that. 
We're going to mail, get somebody. If you guys want to start a, a donation to get Patrick a different hat, I would love that. Uh, mm. Jake, good luck. You know what? Uh, Jake would just print him out a new one, like a 3D printer, you know? Yeah. Jake, good luck in nursing school. And, uh, Thanks. <laughs> John, uh, we love you, of course, as always. So for Jake, for John, for Justine, for Patrick, we say this transmission ends now. Unity! Unity!